Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode of the Cover 7 with Mr. Pierce podcast. And in today's episode, we actually don't have an interview. We're actually going to be talking about some college football as football season is pretty much officially upon us. You know, we had a full slate of games this past weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. But we will mostly be focusing on in today's episode, it will be the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday game since I will be recording this early on Sunday. But anyway, guys, I hope you all have had a fantastic Labor Day weekend. I know I definitely have. I've been checking out a lot of you know, Texas high school football games, watching plenty of college football, and I hope you all have been doing the same. So anyway, just sit back, relax, and let's talk about some college football. So before we do begin, you know, I just want to say you know, kind of thank you all for constantly showing all the support that you all have. And uh, going forward, the structure of the episodes are going to be a little bit different from now on. We're going to kind of post a recap and then kind of a um, overlook into the week's college football and NFL games. Obviously, NFL will be starting later this week. So y'all can expect kind of these episodes every Monday and Thursday just to kind of, you know, kind of just what what you can expect for the games going forward into the weekend and obviously for the NFL. Now, you know, I'll take that back. It'll probably be about three because I'm going to do an NFL recap and I'm going to do a college football recap and then I'll kind of mix in a NFL and college football overlook into the weekend. But just wanted to let y'all know we're still going to keep doing interviews because I definitely have loved doing that with the athletes and, you know, but obviously, you know, we predominantly are a college football podcast and NFL podcast, so we're still going to be talking plenty of football. So anyway, guys, let's start talking about some football. So to start off week one of the college football season, we actually had some of the some pretty entertaining college football games. We had Central Michigan taking on number 12, Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Oklahoma State took absolute care of Central Michigan. Now, the defense was a little bit shaky, but... Oklahoma State did lose a lot, and I mean a lot of their defensive pieces, whether it was to the transfer portal or to the NFL, most notably Malcolm Rodriguez, who was a star linebacker for them. And they also did lose their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, to not Oklahoma State, Ohio State. So that definitely was a huge loss. But anyway, Spencer Sanders had an absolutely brilliant day as he had six total touchdowns, had 400-plus total yards and absolutely look like a dark Heisman candidate. But I don't want to overreact on him because we've seen what's happened when he's played competent competition. So let's hold the brakes on any type of overhype that we do have for Spencer Sanders. But definitely a very solid game offensively for the Cowboys as they would go on to beat Central Michigan 58-44. to Now, the next game that I'm going to talk about on Thursday and Easily the one of the best games of the whole week one so far was the backyard brawl after it's finally coming back after 11 years of not being played. And this took place against West Virginia and uh, 17th ranked Pittsburgh. The game was played up in Pittsburgh. And boys, did we need this rivalry game back ASAP? This game was the most, I think, the biggest attendance ever in Pittsburgh sport history. Over 70,000 people crammed into former Heinz Field. Now it's Acrisure Stadium. And, you know, and another kind of cool headline for this game was that both teams, their starting quarterbacks, actually were both USC quarterbacks at one point and were actually in the same quarterback room because West Virginia's starting quarterback, JT Daniels, who was a huge five-star recruit coming out, of uh, modern day high school he was originally starting for USC went down with the injury 
And then Pittsburgh starting quarterback Keaton Slovis, who was at USC and was the backup at the time, took over for JT Daniels and kind of kept his uh, – uh, starting position but anyway this game definitely had a lot of and I mean a lot of anticipation both teams have some high high power offenses and it definitely showed as Pittsburgh would you know go on to beat West Virginia 38-31 now West Virginia definitely deserves a lot of credit JT Daniels played a fantastic game you know obviously wasn't probably the way they wanted it to there was kind of a controversial uh, last play where you know, was it a catch? Was it not a catch? The you know, the wide receiver, the ball did hit the ground, but did he have control? It was one of those situations where it was kind of iffy, but ultimately Pittsburgh would go on to beat West Virginia in the first backyard brawl since 2011 and definitely is a game that needs to continue to get played on a yearly basis. Now, anyway, guys, let's, tra- let's, let's go over to Friday. Now, Friday, we did have some okay games. Now, me personally being a TCU fan, obviously this was the best day of the whole week. But, you know, for the overview of all the college football fans, this was kind of the more slower day, so to speak, for week one. But we actually did have our first upset of the season, and this took place between Virginia Tech and Old Dominion. Virginia Tech traveled over to Old Dominion, and Man, I don't know what it is, but it seems like Virginia Tech, they could just never get over the hill, especially playing Old Dominion, because this is the second time they have actually lost to Old Dominion. And I think I forgot when the last loss was, but just Virginia Tech, just it kind of seems like their kryptonite has got to be Old Dominion, as Old Dominion would go on to beat the Hokies of Virginia Tech 20-17. to Now, the next game that we had was Western Michigan and Michigan State. This game, obviously, a lot of people could probably figure, you know, how it went. Now, I do give props to Western Michigan because they did come out pretty strong. They held Michigan State for a decent amount of drives, but ultimately, the high-powered offense of the Spartans overtook Western Michigan as Michigan State would go on to win 35-13 to over the Broncos of Western Michigan. Now, the next game we had was Duke and Temple. Now, this game, obviously, probably no one really watched, but... You know, the fact Duke kind of has a new regime so far. They went out and got Texas, uh, former Texas A&M defensive coordinator, hired him to become their head coach. So it's a whole new era of Duke football, and they absolutely dominated Temple as this game as they would go on to win 30-0 to over the Owls. And maybe Duke might kind of have another sneaky good, potentially 2013 season. I doubt it, but this is a huge step in the right direction for the Blue Devils football program. Now, the next game that I want to talk about is going to be regarding Tennessee Tech and Kansas. And you're probably wondering, who cares about Tennessee Tech and Kansas? But I do because Kansas, as we all know, they have struggled so bad, you know, so bad for the longest time in football. You know, they've gotten so many, you know, you're just a basketball school jokes and all this and that, which, I mean, to be honest, they really are just a basketball school. But, you know... They kind of wanted to change the narrative in this game, and I know Tennessee Tech is obviously not a powerhouse college football program, but Kansas has always struggled in games like this, and Kansas's offense in this game absolutely just went off as they would go on to beat Tennessee Tech 56-10, to and this has got to be some type of record for Kansas in how many points they've scored in a game because we have not seen the Jayhawks put up this many points in what feels like forever ever especially with the kind of huge margin now obviously i know the the ut game last year when they went out went down into austin and beat the longhorns but just kind of the margin they had against them was something we have not seen in a long time from the jayhawks so huge win for the jayhawks over tennessee tech 
Now, the next game I want to talk about is going to be a Big Ten game. So, yes, and I know Penn State and Purdue played on Thursday and everything like that, but there was no huge headlines. I know Penn, I know Penn State, they led a huge, like, one-minute drive to uh, steal the deal over Purdue, but for the most part, it's kind of a lackluster game, at least in my opinion. Now, I know Penn State and Purdue fans probably aren't going to like to hear that, but, I mean, come on now. it's It was pretty boring for the majority of the game. But anyway, we have Illinois taking on Indiana up in Indiana. Now, this game was actually pretty solid. You know, Indiana, they got Missouri transfer quarterback Connor, Connor Bazelak. Oh, my gosh, I almost, I almost butchered that name horribly. You know, they have him as their starting quarterback now. When You know, I mean, he didn't have a great career at Missouri, but definitely the arm talent was obviously there, and definitely he showed it during this game against the Illini. And, you know, this game overall was a pretty solid game. Defenses on both sides were pretty good. There was one huge hit that an Illinois a defensive back had on an Indiana running back. And, oh, my goodness. It kind of reminded – I don't know if any of y'all know of the uh, the um, New Orleans Saint game where Reggie Bush was kind of running. No, not necessarily a wheel route. He's kind of running almost like a screen. And then a Philadelphia Eagle defender just absolutely destroyed him. The hit pretty much kind of resembled that. So it was a huge hit. But anyway – Indiana would go on to beat the Fighting Illini 23-20. to And this actually is a huge win for them because they definitely had a rough season last year. I think they went, what was it, 2-10? and You know, definitely was a huge disappointment from the season prior where they literally were projected to be a top 25 team all season. But good win for Indiana. Now to finish off Friday and my TCU Horn Frogs, they traveled up to Boulder, Colorado to take on the Colorado Buffs. Now this game... Definitely had me worried a little bit in the first half because TCU's offense under new head coach Sonny Dykes, the offense is pretty much non-existent. They only had about 60-something yards total in the first half against a lackluster Colorado offense. You know, Colorado, they really didn't do too much on offense, obviously. They kind of ran, ran the ball pretty good, but TCU's defense definitely is looking a lot better this year compared to how, you know, years prior, you know, they're being able to get a lot more... I would say probably speed is probably the biggest thing TCU's kind of worked on, and obviously it has definitely showed. But anyway, TCU absolutely went off in the second half. You know, unfortunately, their starting quarterback, Chandler Morris, he did go down with a leg injury, but former uh, three-year starting quarterback, Max Duggan, came in and absolutely just took over for the Horn Frogs as the Horn Frogs would go on to beat Colorado 38-13. to Man, I as a TCU fan, I'm really happy, but also you have to beg the question for Colorado because they had their own kind of quarterback controversy throughout this game. You know, could the Buffs potentially not even win a single game this season? Now, when you see 13, you're probably like, okay, well, they put up some points. They scored that their only touchdown off a pretty much garbage time, uh, garbage time uh, touchdown, pretty much when I think yeah one of their one of their freshman wide receivers was going up against I think one of TCU's kind of low depth so to speak corners and yeah it's just but anyway I feel for Colorado fans out there definitely this is not going to be one of those seasons where you're going to want to kind of check into every game for the Buffaloes but you know they've got to definitely figure out who they want as starting quarterback and in my opinion right now Tennessee transfer JT Strout has the best potential and I mean Colorado you need to start the man he's pretty good. But anyway, guys, let's get over to Saturday and the last day of college football we're just going to cover in today's episode because I want to kind of get in a routine of covering, you know, Friday and Saturday games necessarily. I don't want to kind of, 
do like Sunday, Monday, and then post episode on Tuesday, so to speak, because normally we don't have games on Mondays and Sundays. But anyway, excuse me, guys. Anyway, let's talk about Saturday and some of the huge games that we had going on. Obviously, we had Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oregon, and Georgia. But let's talk about the afternoon slate of games that we had. And the first game I want to talk about is Sam Houston and Texas A&M. Sam Houston, who just had a pretty impressive season last year. They're also going to be going into the yeah, Conference USA next season. So a soon-to-be FBS team. Now, Texas A&M, they obviously won the game. But kind of the biggest worry, so to speak, for Texas A&M for the most part was the fact that through the first quarter and a little bit through the second, Haynes King wasn't looking that great. He threw a pretty bad pick into triple coverage. It kind of was a little bit worrisome, but obviously Texas A&M and that high-powered offense, they would go on to just continue to dominate as they would go on to win against Sam Houston 31-0. So the defense of Texas A&M, as we all pretty much anticipated, was absolutely dominant, you know, just off of a number one overall recruiting class last season. So... Definitely, definitely a huge win for the Aggies at Texas A&M. Now, the next game I want to talk about is Colorado State and Michigan. Not really much to talk about in this game because Colorado State just absolutely kind of gave up after the uh, first quarter as Michigan would go on to beat Colorado State 51-7. to So, yeah, definitely a dominant, and I mean dominant, game for the Wolverines of Michigan. Now, the next afternoon game I want to talk about was between North Carolina and Appalachian State. Now, this game was played up in Appalachian State. And was this arguably probably the best offensive game that we had the whole week one so far? As North Carolina would go on to beat Appalachian State and get this 63-61. North Carolina started quarterback Drake May. He went 24 for 35 with 352 yards and four touchdowns. And then Appalachian State quarterback Chase Bryce, who is now on his third college, he went 25 for 36, 361 yards, six passing touchdowns, and one interception. So, yeah, it was an offensive just explosion. But, I mean, you've got to like college football games like this because it keeps you intrigued and it keeps you wanting to keep watching. So, in my opinion, this arguably was one of the better games of Saturday. Now, obviously, North Carolina probably should have been able to take easy care of Appalachian State, but don't under don't underrate or no 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 don't underestimate the Mountaineers of Appalachian State because they arguably have, in my opinion, one of the top offenses in all of Group of Five. So definitely a team to continue to watch. And you know that really was kind of it for the afternoon slate. You know Iowa and South Dakota State they took off and in you know typical Iowa fashion they barely would beat the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State 7-3. to Offense in this game just absolutely did not exist. Iowa starting quarterback Spencer P- uh, Petrus, he looked absolutely horrible. He I don't know why he's kind of stayed their starting quarterback. Maybe it's the fact that he's been in the system for so long, but definitely Iowa fans, y'all have got to find some way to get the coaching staff to change quarterbacks because, man, y'all are not going to be able to survive in the Big Ten with a quarterback like Spencer who cannot even throw a five-yard check down. But anyway, let's get let's kind of get into the uh, like late afternoon, early evening slate of games, so to speak. Now, the first game I want to talk about is the biggest one of this whole slate of games, and this is between 11th ranked Oregon and number three ranked Georgia. Now, kind of the headline going into this game was the fact that former Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning he went over to Oregon, took the head coaching gig at Oregon, and 
you know, is kind of wanting to revitalize the program. He's done really well in recruiting and transfers and everything like that. As Oregon, you know, they got the arguably a top three ranked quarterback in the 2023 class, Dante Moore, who will be coming next year. But obviously, we need to focus on this season as now Bo Nix, the Auburn transfer, is our starting quarterback. And, you know, Georgia, they still have Stetson Bennett, you know, kind of one of the more mystery so to speak of college football you know just won the national championship with the bulldogs last year beat alabama you know and a lot of people are wondering kind of where he came out of you know originally was a walk-on went to juco came back and walked on at georgia and he's kind of just been a mystery man so to speak but anyway this game was never close as bo Nix would end up throwing two crucial picks in 18 minutes to start off the game and georgia would go on to beat the oregon ducks 49 to 3 yeah, it was definitely not a good game for Oregon whatsoever. The offense was never really there. Georgia's offense was completely there. Uh, Brock Bowers, arguably one of the best tight ends in all of college football, had another dominant day. Stetson Bennett had a dominant day. And, you know, the Bulldogs, they definitely still they want to kind of get rid of the narrative that they won't be able to compete for another national championship because – man, oh, man, is this Georgia team going to be dangerous going into this season and going just – possibly if they make it to the playoff but anyway guys the next game i want to talk about is going to be going 23 cincinnati as they would go into fayetteville arkansas and take on the 19th ranked arkansas razorbacks and this game was actually pretty solid i mean considering the fact that arkansas arguably is one of the top teams in the sec by many people cincinnati who lost half of their team to the nfl draft you know, they had a lot to prove. You know, they dropped, you know, they were just a playoff team last season. They dropped all the way to 23 in the rankings. And, you know, they're going up against a team in Arkansas that arguably will probably end up potentially trying to fight for a chance at an SEC championship. So, anyway, this game was actually pretty close for the most part. You know, Cincinnati was shut out in the first half, but they would score 17 points in the third quarter. But Arkansas was just too much. The atmosphere in Fayetteville was just too much as Arkansas would go on to beat Cincinnati 31-24. to But we do need to give props to the Bearcats of Cincinnati because Texas Texas couldn't even put up – I don't even think – did Texas – I don't even think Texas put up double digits last year when they went into Fayetteville. So huge shout-out to Coach Fickle and the Bearcats for coming into Fayetteville and putting up a pretty dominant fight against a team that, you know – they don't have they didn't have all their top talent like they did last year. But anyway, guys, the next game I also want to talk about is 24th ranked Houston and UTSA. Now, this game was kind of one of the more overlooked games just because of the fact that you know, UTSA they did win a Conference USA championship last year. You know, they were kind of one of the uh, like I'm not golden boys of college football, they were, but they were kind of one of the feel-good stories of college football last year at Houston with their high-powered offense. They returned a lot, and I mean a lot of offensive weapons, most notably Tank Dell, the uh, All-American wide receiver. But anyway, this game, this game actually would go into three overtimes as Houston would beat UTSA 37 to 37 to 35. You know, because once you get into the third overtime, you can only go for two-point conversions. And if you fail, the other team gets a chance. If they make it, then they win. And Houston did exactly that as they would beat the Roadrunners of UTSA 37-35. to Now, guys, let's talk a little bit about some of the nighttime games. Now, most notably, we have Notre Dame and Ohio State. Let's talk a little bit about the Fighting Irish taking on the Buckeyes and going up to Columbus. Now, First thing I want to say, this actually was a pretty impressive game by Marcus Freeman and the Fighting Irish. And, just, you know, despite them losing, 
they showed a lot of guts going up into Columbus and you know holding an Ohio State offense that featured arguably the top quarterback in college football and CJ Stroud the top wide receiver in college football and Jackson Smith and Jigba and one of the best running backs in college football and Travion Henderson and you know they only held him to 21 points the whole game so you know obviously defense was definitely there Notre Dame looked very solid on defense now the offensive side of the ball play calling was definitely not there I was not able to actually watch the full game but from a lot of people that I know and we're talking about it it just seemed like Notre Dame really their play calling was not there but you know Ohio State was just too much for the fighting Irish as Ohio State would go on to beat Notre Dame 21 to 10 but at the same time I do want to give props to Notre Dame because they've kind of been stereotyped at this point to be known to, when they play in big time games they're just going to always lose them especially last year in the Fiesta Bowl when they took on Oklahoma State and they had a huge lead going into the second half and they just kind of let it go but but anyway a pretty solid or pretty impressive start to the Marcus Freeman era as they really you know you know they were 17 and a half underdogs in this game like they were supposed to get absolutely blown out so huge huge game in my opinion for Notre Dame and obviously Ohio State there's probably a couple things they want to work on but their defense as well was very very solid you know they got former Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles so definitely the right step in the right direction for the Ohio State Buckeyes anyway guys the next game I want to talk about and this was the first official upset of the college football season and this took place between seventh ranked Utah and the Florida Gators now this game was played down in Gainesville in the swamp and when I tell y'all this was easily the most entertaining game so far of week one this easily was the most entertaining game of week one so far as you know Florida now they officially have their starting quarterback in Anthony Richardson Emory Jones their former starting quarterback he went off to Arizona State so there's no more quarterback controversy they know who their quarterback's going to be this is also the first game of Billy Napier's coaching career at Florida so there's a lot to prove you know seventh rank Utah you know they kind of have a fire lit under them the fact that they lost in the Rose Bowl to Ohio State last year you know they had a lot they wanted to prove and I mean definitely this game Really, throughout the whole thing, could have gone either way. I mean, Utah looked very impressive throughout the whole game offensively and even a little bit defensively, but Florida would get the slight edge simply due to the fact that, I mean, Anthony Richardson looked like a Heisman contender in this game. He had an amazing pump fake spin move, and then for a two-point conversion, threw an absolute beauty of a pass into the right corner of the end zone, and ultimately that would that would pretty much help lead the Florida Gators over Utah as Florida Florida would end up beating the Utah Utes 29 to 26 and I mean once again no hate to Utah at all because this is probably the best game they were going to play all season because no offense but that the the atmosphere that you get in the SEC is something you can't replicate in really any other conference you could say potentially Penn State Ohio State you know uh, Oklahoma those type of stadiums but I mean, in the Pac-12, you really don't get that. So the fact that Utah was able to kind of play a game like this is huge for them going forward because now they know if they ever do want to make it big time, and I mean absolutely big, definitely playing a team like Florida definitely help them a little bit. So, you know, once again, it's not a, it's not a game that any team should hang their head, especially Utah. Obviously, I know they have huge expectations going into the season, but, I mean, Florida, once again, I think they were just underestimated due to the fact of how poor last season went for them. You know, they went 6-7, and seven, but this Billy, this Billy Napier-led team, man, they might be pretty dangerous in the SEC. I don't expect them to contend for an SEC championship, but they will definitely be a very solid team going forward. 
Now, anyway, guys, some of the final games I want to talk about. Actually, the first game of Lincoln Riley's career at USC, you know, they took on Rice. Nothing, you know, nothing spectacular or anything like that. They would definitely take care of Rice as they'd go on to win 66-14. to Caleb Williams balled out. Jordan Addison balled out. It was just an overall very solid game for both sides. And, I mean, USC, I don't, I don't want to, we don't really, I don't really want to overhype necessarily USC yet because we haven't really seen anything yet. They haven't played any major competition or anything like that. So let's kind of, you know, hold the brakes a little bit before we start jumping on the Lane, uh, not Lane Kiffin, oh my Lord, before we start jumping on the Lincoln Riley and USC bandwagon. Now, just some of the final games I want to talk about a little bit. I want to talk about uh, UT. So UT, they took on uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. You know, ULM had a very bad season last year. This obviously was just kind of a game for Texas to kind of show off their offensive firepower, and that's exactly what they did as um, former Ohio State quarterback and five-star perfect rating quarterback Quinn Ewers. He went 16 for 24, 225 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Not the greatest game, but definitely is not the absolute worst. Bijan Robinson had another Bijan Robinson type of game as he went he had, he had 10 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown with a long of 21 yards as the Texas Longhorns took care of ULM 52-10. to 10. So definitely a very solid, solid game for the Longhorns. But next week is going to be the biggest test as, you know, Alabama, they come into town and take on UT at DKR. So we'll talk a little bit about that and kind of the overlook for um, week two in, this upcom- in the next upcoming episode. But anyway, guys. That's kind of it really so far for today's episode. I mean, we have Florida State and LSU coming on tonight. That'll definitely be an interesting game as it'll be Brian Kelly's first game at uh, LSU. He's taking on a pretty solid Florida State team. I know obviously they're not really going to be like contending good, but they definitely added some pretty good pieces. And they could potentially be kind of a secret team in the ACC and then to wrap wrap up uh, week one of the college football season, we have uh, Georgia Tech taking on Clemson. This game really shouldn't be that, in my opinion. I think Clemson will probably end up running away with this game as DJ will get the start for Clemson. But it'll be interesting to see if Cade, potentially Cade Klubnik, you know, the, uh, I think, was he a four-star or five-star? I think he I think he was a borderline five-star quarterback out of uh, Westlake, Texas High School. You know, he's now at Clemson, one of the best quarterbacks in the 2022 recruiting class. So this will definitely be an interesting thing to see if potentially Cade will get some playing time alongside DJ. Now, I know Dabo Sweeney has, you know, complete faith in DJ. and That's good. That's something you want out of your starting quarterback. But I know they've definitely got to be a little bit curious about seeing what Cade will bring to the Tigers. But anyway, guys, I hope you all enjoy the first college football episode of week one of the college football season. I know I definitely enjoyed covering all this news. And, you know, if y'all want up-to-date updates on all the games for every Saturday, make sure to go check out the Instagram at Cover7 with Mason because we constantly are posting clips, scores, everything like that. So make sure you go follow that. And also make sure you go follow the TikTok if you just love everyday sport highlights and type of content. So anyway, guys, I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. I know I definitely did. Make sure to please, I mean, please make sure to go share the podcast. Anyone out there who's definitely looking for a new, you know, football podcast to listen to or anything like that because we will constantly be uploading every single week. So anyway, guys, I hope you all have a great Labor Day weekend, and I will see you all back here on 
I want to say, yeah, I'll see y'all back here on Wednesday with an interview, but I will see y'all back here on Thursday with an overlook of week two and week one of the college football and NFL season. So I'll see y'all guys then and have a great Labor Day weekend.